So welcome back to One True Podcast. With me, as always, is John Werner. Johnny, good to see you this week. Last week, you had some technical <laughs> difficulties with your webcam. Well, my uh, uh, more technically uh, aware wife set me up with a webcam, so I'm doing better this week. There you go. All right. Well, good. And you have a little glow coming over your shoulder, so it makes you look like an angel. Which Very we, angelic. Yes, which we know is not true. But uh, <laughs> joining us this week, we have uh, Kevin Reynolds from the Salt Lake Tribune. And uh, Kevin, first of all, just, you know, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, so Kevin grew up in New Jersey, and but he went to high school and college in the Dallas area. Where at? Um, in Frisco. So, Frisco. Okay. Uh, yeah. Good deal. And worked for the morning news, covered high school football. So uh, we uh, we like those kind of roots. We we've all done it um, and uh, still do it, really. Um, <laughs> and but you've been at uh, the Salt Lake Trib now for for nine months covering BYU, correct? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So awesome. It's good to have a, a Texas team come to Provo. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Get a little of that Lone Star connection here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of hit on it. Obviously, uh, it's a big-time Big 12 matchup this week, top 25 matchup. Uh, You know, we've actually got a couple of them in the Big 12, but we'll get to that other one. Um, So, number nine, Baylor, goes to Provo, play the 21st-ranked Cougars now. Um, So, guys, on paper, this sets up as a pretty enticing battle to me i mean uh, certainly the the bookies think so um so let's and i feel like either team has a pretty even chance of winning this game uh, again reflected in the line uh so let's play it out like this um i'm gonna give each of you beat writers a chance to kind of pave the path to victory for the teams you cover so uh, we'll start with Kevin here. Uh, Kevin, BYU wins this game if? You, you know, I think it all starts for BYU with the defensive line. I think last year when, when BYU went into Waco and they played Baylor, I think every, every coach has said that BYU just couldn't handle the physicality of that game. Uh, they couldn't, they couldn't can't compete with the offensive line at Baylor. They couldn't get pressure on the quarterback. They couldn't stop the run. And I think it showed. And I think this year and this offseason, there's been kind of a progressive build to and a, and a desire to get bigger on that defensive line for this game in particular and also mm. for the Big 12, obviously, down the road. And I think it's a very similar thing for BYU um, to when they played Wisconsin in 2017 to 2018. Obviously, the first time they played Wisconsin, um, they were not physical enough. And they lost. They, they gave up 40 points. They lost 40 to 16. Then the next year, they come back and you know, they made adjustments and they beat Wisconsin the the following year. Now, I don't know if BYU is going to beat Baylor, but I think it starts right there. And I think on the offensive side of the ball for BYU, the key is always having Jaron Hall take care of the football. I mean, Jaron Hall traditionally hasn't thrown a lot of interceptions. He had a bad one last week, but I think for this offense, we don't really know if the top two receivers are going to be completely healthy. Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney have dealt with health issues. So if that's the case, Jaron Hall is going to have to take care of the ball and not give Baylor too many chances because really the offensive firepower right now for for BYU is a little bit in question. Um, So taking care of the ball and handling defensive line, I think the two biggest things going into this game for BYU. 
So, John, your turn. Uh, Baylor wins the game if. Yeah, uh, I think it's the same uh, recipe as last year. Baylor's probably going to try to stop the run first. They did a great job of it last year. BYU only had 67 yards rushing. Tyler Algier only had 33, and he ended up with 1,600 yards for the year. So uh, that will be a big thing. And uh, I think another thing is Baylor's really got to use its speed uh, on offense. And I think they've got a lot of speed at wide receiver. They showed it in the first game. Uh, Monterey Baldwin had a 47-yard touchdown catch, 50-yard touchdown run. Uh, Hal Presley, the guy transferred from Auburn, he had a 38-yard touchdown catch. I think speed is probably one thing Baylor's got an advantage over BYU. Uh, I think one thing, the first thing Coach Aranda mentioned was how physical, old school BYU is. So he's expecting a just a very tough, hard game. But they're going to have to hit some shot plays, I think. Yeah, yeah. So obviously these two teams have a lot of respect for one another. Um, John, you just mentioned Dave Aranda and, and his expectation for the game. Um, we've also seen it with, with Coach Kalani there at BYU, some of the comments that he's made this week, just very respectful of, of Baylor. And, you know, that's a coach thing that they do anyway, but it really seems to be genuine in, in this case. Uh, obviously, you're probably not going to be seeing that with Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher when those two teams play. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, certainly, though, all that said, they all respect each other, blah, blah, blah. The Cougars want some payback, don't they? I mean, uh, you mentioned that game last year, 38-24 in Waco. I mean, Kevin, uh, I mean, I, is, is there a sense, of, at least among the players, that a that, uh, little payback would be sweet? You know, I think – I don't even know if it's amongst the players as much. I've asked a lot of players this, and they, they've been hesitant to kind of embrace that. But I think from the coaching staff, they have not been as hesitant. I mean, we were talking to Eliza Tuiaki yesterday, BYU's defensive coordinator, and he was like, listen, you know, last year we were not up to the challenge of this game at all. And I think this year we need to see a, a, a growth in comparison to Baylor. And Baylor, obviously, we talked about how complimentary Kalani Sataki was to, to – to Baylor saying that they were kind of the standard of the big 12 right now. And they're also a program that I think BYU definitely sees themselves in uh, going to the big 12. There's a lot of parallels between the institutions and just the way Baylor built this thing. So I think for, for the revenge factor is definitely there. I think for the coaching staff, maybe not as much for the players right now, but um, the interesting part to me is that this game not only is the revenge factor, but I think this game, you could make the argument that for BYU, it's the biggest one in the independence era at home. Mm. You know, they haven't played a team. The, this is the highest ranked opponent that BYU will host in, in Provo since 2004 against USC when they came to town. Uh, there haven't been a ton of top 10 teams to come into Provo in the independence era. So the revenge factor is there. The, the magnitude of this game is there. And then obviously the parallel of the big 12 is there for, for BYU. So I definitely think that this is a game that BYU wants to win and gets up for. Yeah, John, what do you think? Oh, yeah, I think BYU is going to be way up for this game. Um, Baylor, to me, that game last year really kind of solidified. You know, nobody really knew how good Baylor was going into last year. And, of course, they had already beaten Iowa State before that game. But, man, then they beat a ranked uh, 
BYU team, a good team, you know, pretty handily, I thought, you know, pretty much controlled the game. So, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I think BYU is going to be way up for this game. And I, and I think the Baylor players know it. I, I, I think they're going to be, you know, prepared for that. And I'm sure uh, Coach Aranda and his staff has been pounding that into them, that this is going to be a difficult game and they better be prepared in, in every way. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so, Kevin, you mentioned BYU and the independent era. That's really all they've known. Uh, they've been an independent for a long, long time, but it seems like just from us here in Waco, watching it from the outside, that the BYU fans have really embraced this move to the big 12. They're excited about it. Um, obviously it comes up next year. Um, so why now, what makes this situation so unique? Um, you know, I think in terms of how they got into the Big 12, I think it was out of necessity, to be to be honest with you. I mean, conference realignment hit, and, and the Big 12 was looking at who, who are we going to go to at this point. And I think BYU was a team kind of on the fringes for a really long time of this discussion of conference realignment. You know, Tom Homo talked about the BYU's athletic director. He talked about how the independence era has been extremely difficult on BYU. They, they did not want to be an independent quite frankly. And they've been looking to get out of that for that situation for a really long time. And, and it kind of all came together during conference realignment. Um, BYU, obviously the brand, the national brand that they have, I think made sense for the big 12 at that time. Um, there's still a lot of progress to be made for BYU to be fully a, a big 12 member. And I think everybody acknowledges that in Provo, but um, I think the timing just perfectly lined up for BYU and it'll be it'll be interesting to me. I think this is the type of game where it's like, how do you, how do you really fit into the landscape of the Big Twelve? You're going into a conference that's mainly stationed over a thousand miles away from you. Um, you know, and, and that's just the truth. And Kalani's talks has talked about, you know, hey, we want to start recruiting Texas. We want to start doing all these things. Well, you're going to have to beat teams like Baylor to do that, and it's always going to be a challenge. So, but in terms of this moment in BYU, it's it's kind of unique, and I think the the, the table just kind of came together for them all at once. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, you know, out of necessity. I think that's a great point um, in this new sort of age of college football where it seems like we're trending toward these super conferences. I mean, you kind of want to be in one of those power five mixes, you know, I mean, and and uh, BYU has been talked about before with the Pac-12. Uh, now the Pac-12 is starting to splinter with USC and UCLA going elsewhere. I, I, you know, this is a good fit. I mean, when it happened, when uh, OU in Texas shocked uh, everyone in the Big 12 and left for the SEC, Bob, Bob Bowlesby was certainly uh, caught <laughs> off guard. Uh, you know, I felt like the Big 12 did a good job of going out and getting the four best available free agents, is what I would call them. And BYU really, to me, was the jewel of that group. I mean, uh, as a as Kevin said, a, a program that's had a lot of success as an independent, but looking for a home, you know, and and it's a good marriage. And, and another thing, too, I think it always helps in conference realignment to be successful right before this all happens. Right. You know, yeah. the 10 win season last year and then you followed up with a 10 win season um, in 2021. But, you know, I think that's something that Kalani Sataki talked about is like, you know, that, you know, if we have a four win year and then, you know, you're looking at a five win season, which they've had in the independence era, like, is it the same discussion? 
Maybe, yeah. or maybe not, right? Not right. No, I think that's a great point. In fact, it's been uh, kind of interesting to watch fans from the Big 12 already sort of like claim the new schools. <laughs> like, look at them. They're winning. Look at Cincy. They're winning. You know, I mean, so uh, the fact that BYU has done well, uh, you know, I think everybody's like taking a little pride in it. They're like, yeah, they're one of us now. So good <laughs> stuff. Uh, all right, let's turn our attention to that other top 25 game in the big 12. Um, so we got top ranked Alabama going to Austin this week to face Texas. Now, Texas is not ranked in the AP poll, at least uh, if they are, I might've missed it, but uh, they're 22 in the coaches poll. Um, I feel like the writers got that right, by the way. Um, <laughs> so the tide is not the only team coming to Austin, by the way. You have ESPN's College Game Day. You got Fox's show, a big noon kickoff. I saw a tweet from our friend Brian Davis over at the Austin American Statesman. He tweeted that the Today Show was flirting with this idea of coming. I haven't heard any final plans on that. Haven't been keeping up with it. Am I crazy? But this game feels like it has bloodbath written all over it. Are these TV folks just signing up for a front row seat to watch the Titanic go down? I mean, <laughs> you know, what do y'all think on this game? John, I'll start with you. Well, yeah, Bama's a 20-point favorite. <laughs> that might be low. Right. Uh, I don't know. I I mean, they're, they're a great program. Texas is unproven. Uh, Bryce Young. You know he's getting three three million a year in NIL endorsements apparently. So uh, you know, uh, yeah, um, and you know Quinn Ewers. I think I read that uh, he uh, his car was towed. Yes, after, yes, I saw him tweet that after out. His first game at Texas. Uh, I mean that's not a real good sign either. So uh, no, it's not. They should know that starting QB's car. <laughs> right. No. No, I think Bama's going to kill them. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. I mean, Texas I, – I, I mean, maybe just they just hadn't been to Austin in a while. I don't know. Kevin, what do you think? I mean, I'm on the same same wavelength as you guys. I don't even see how this is really a game even remotely competitive. I think it's a first quarter and done type of game. <laughs> I, I don't really know. If Texas can even keep this one to 30, I, I'd be pretty shocked, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> So here's what y'all do if the BYU-Baylor game turns out to be really, really good. Uh, y'all should be flexing on Twitter going, oh, college game day should have come to Provo. <laughs> you know, what were they thinking? <laughs> In the Today Show. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so finally, just one thing we kind of always close with here. We always talk about food because we're sports writers. Um and we call this our culinary corner. So, Kevin, you've been out there for nine months now. Uh, but you've got a little knowledge of Provo, um, of uh, obviously Salt Lake. Um, so John is headed out there for the game. He'll be flying out on Friday. Um, is there any particular favorite eating place that he needs to hit? I'll give you a serious one and I'll give you a, a kind of a, a funny one that I'm okay. not, proud of. but so the first one, I think um, I'm from Texas, obviously. And I've always been looking for some good like Mexican food here. So 
Red Iguana is the is a restaurant that's really good in Salt Lake. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like kind of a chain, actually, but um, I love it. It's really good. So that's the one I would suggest seriously. But then at this game, I think a lot of BYU fans would probably be remiss if I didn't say this one is a cougar tail. And it's basically a large foot-long donut situation going on with like glazed sugar on top. I've never had one. I, they oh, do not, wow. not appealing to me. But that is the food that I think if BYU fans were like, oh, what food should you try? That's the one that, you know, that's the best seller in the stadium. So like the, that, that's something that's interesting if you want a true taste of what BYU. Uber tail. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, Kevin, you know, I'm 65. That might kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it might kill me. And I'm 23. So, (laughs) so uh, John, I may need you to bring me back a cougar tail. That sounds pretty freaking good. (laughs) That sounds really good. Kevin, I've been to the red iguana. Really? Uh, So, my church has taken a mission trip to Salt Lake before okay. and uh, with our youth group. And I went as one of the chaperones, one of the sponsors. And, and yeah, it shocked me that there was this like really good Mexican food in Salt Lake city, but it's legit. It's good. I, I was talking to my, like when I first got here, I was talking to my editor and he was like, do you want to go to lunch? I was like, sure. And he, he was like, Oh, we have this great Mexican place. I did not believe him. I was like, oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, I'm from well, Texas. No way. But it was good. It was good. Yeah, I think I'll go with that one. I'm I'm pretty <laughs> sure that cougar tail would uh be would kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, John, man up, man up. We need you for the game. We need you yeah, for the game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, good stuff. Well, uh, so there's some notes for you, Johnny. Uh, I, I've I've got them on my phone already. All right, I like yes. it. I like it absolutely. <laughs> uh, now that it it is always a little shocking when you find good Mexican food outside of Texas. Uh, Maybe, maybe, you know, if you were to go to California or New Mexico or something like that, you know you're going to find it there. But uh, one of my favorite, like, just sort of funny bands uh, is Bowling for Soup. Um, they're a pop punk band, and they have a song way back from the 90s uh, called Ohio. Uh, but it's a girl who goes off to Ohio, and they're telling her to come back to Texas. And one of the things they say in the song is, Besides, the Mexican food sucks north of here anyway. You know, I mean, <laughs> I always sing that song with pride. You know, it's like, yes, nobody has good Mexican food but Texas. But you can find some in Salt Lake. So there you go. All right. Yeah, good stuff. Yes. Kevin, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, we'll uh, certainly tag you on Twitter and when we tweet this out and stuff. But uh, y'all enjoy the game. 